Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hello out there, lovely listeners, and welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. And I'm Jekinovia. And on this bonus episode, I'll be exploring the zodiac sign Capricorn while Jekinovia shares the magic of the Celtic tree sign Birch. So let's dive right in. Let's do it. Okay, so Capricorn, approximate dates, usually anywhere around December 21st to January 20th. And in 2021-2022, it's going to be December 21st until January 19th. And of course, this will mark the winter solstice, which from sort of a astrological or astronomical sort of perspective is this is like a really major shift for the sun. And what I learned actually a couple of days ago is that in mundane astrology, which applies astrology on a sort of a more like global level. So mundane astrology deals with things like politics, like everything from politics to the weather. So solstices and equinoxes are really important points in the year where kind of the entire energy shifts and the outlook for like the next three months becomes kind of under a different heading, I guess you could say. Um, It's also the beginning of Yule, which we do have a bonus episode on. I don't know, Jekinovia, if you want to give a quick, like, three-sentence Yule 101. Hey, you know what? Eat, drink, and be merry. That's that's pretty much Yule. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. And our episode on Yule was so much fun. I'm actually looking forward to re-listening to it because I know that we had many, like there was a lot of great stories, I feel, about the history of Yule and of Christmas and all that kind of stuff. All the fun stuff. And I think we even sang at one point. That is quite possible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or we talked about singing or, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm looking forward to revisiting that one. But speaking of some of those um, celebrations, this is also like Yule, Christmas, winter solstice. There was also um, a feast or a festival, I guess I should say, called Saturnalia, which celebrated the god Saturn. And it typically took place from around December 17th to December 23rd. And I just think that's interesting because Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. So the fact that we were having a festival, not we, but, you know, the royal we were having a festival dedicated to the god Saturn during a season ruled by Saturn was just, it's cool. It's cool how it all connects like that. That is super cool. Yeah. I feel like astrologers should just, you know, by default celebrate Saturnalia. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. I think, extra. okay, don't quote me, but I think there might've been some, well, I guess like animal sacrifice isn't that weird for these festivals, especially from way, way back in the day, but yeah. And, we don't and, really have to be doing that. <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. But then, I mean, they were also just having a big barbecue. We always need to remember that. A lot of times, like, that's what they were doing. They were having That's a, a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's really, really true. Good reframing. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the polarity for Capricorn is feminine, yin, receptive, inhale, nocturnal, 
And these sort of signs tend to be more introverted and ingoing. And I made the note, like when I say introverted and ingoing for the feminine and receptive, the nocturnal signs, kind of what I mean is that it draws down. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're like quiet and shy. It's just that the energy of earth and water signs, which are both the feminine polarity, I mean, both earth and water draw down. Like earth grounds us. Think about spilling water. It's going to drip down, right? So it's just the energy of those elements. Uh, Also magnetic and intuitive. So the element for Capricorn, and again, the element is kind of like the sign's temperament. So it's an earth sign, which is dry and cold. Earth signs are very practical, reliable, grounded, and enduring. They can often be very motivated by security and stability. Financial reward might be appealing because that does provide some sense of long-term security. And of course, with earth signs, we can think about the pentacle suit in the tarot, the kind of long-term goals, the grounding, and the, you know, dealing with more material and tangible things. And even though usually I like to connect it with one card, like the specific sign, Capricorn kind of reminds me of the pentacles journey in general, like playing the really long game or being in it for the long haul. Like we know when we get the ace of pentacles that there's a great opportunity on the way, but it's going to be, it's not an easy journey, right? Like it's going to be a long path, but it's going to have the best rewards. So I guess you know, it could be the ambition of the ace and the reward of the king. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. She can't really have one without the other. Right? Yeah. Ooh, that's be that a good whole journey. One. Nice. All right. So the modality, which can be the sign's typical approach to things, it's cardinal. And that can mean, you know, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, the initiation of winter. Cardinal signs tend to be generating, purposeful, catalyzing. They react and respond quickly to changing dynamics. And they tend to typically find ease with starting things, but more difficulty with finishing things. They're typically very task-oriented. They love to initiate new things. And I think with Capricorn specifically, it's like the initiation of a long-term plan. And a lot of cardinal signs love the thrill of a deadline or challenge. So when we mix the earth element, the cardinal modality, and then even throw in the nocturnal polarity and the planetary rulership Saturn, which we'll talk more about later, we can get things like the mountain climber, the mullet. Now stay with me here, okay? (laughs) The mullet is all business and then all pleasure, right? And I think that that is a lot of Capricorn as well. Like Capricorn's drive for accomplishment is all in the name of success and joy. Let's think again to the Ace of Pentacles and the King of Pentacles. Like it's all business, but then it's all pleasure once you reach that certain point. So it's it's the mullet. We can reclaim the mullet. (laughs) I didn't read ahead in your notes and that just caught me so by surprise. That was fantastic. (laughs) I kind of forgot that I wrote it down. And when I looked at it, I was like, yes. (laughs) We also could think of things like bones, like the very structure of the thing that holds us together. This would also be the 10-year plan or the ladder. Let's talk more about Capricorn's planetary ruler, Saturn. Saturn is a planet of boundaries, lessons, challenges, time, and responsibility, 
It typically says no to things in our lives, but often because we're not ready for them or they might not be right for us. And this is the nocturnal expression of Saturn. So it's a very consolidating, condensing, and simplifying expression. It's very enduring and focused on that, which is long-lasting. So planetary dignities and debilities. In Capricorn, the moon is in what's called exile, or a new term that I've recently learned called antithesis, which I kind of like, but it just depends Mm. on what languaging you prefer. But anyways, this is just, it's in the opposite side of, it's in the opposite sign of its home. So the moon is at home in Cancer. Capricorn is right there across the wheel. Um, yeah, so the opposite of moon's ho- of the moon's home in Cancer. The moon emits light. I mean, even if it's just the sun's light, while Saturn tends to reject. And Saturn moves really slow. It takes around two and a half to three years to travel through every sign, while the moon takes two and a half to three days to move through each sign. So very different speeds, very different modes of not transportation, but just modes of energy expenditure, I would say. Yeah, that just fits with the whole Capricorn slow and steady. Oh, for sure. You know, wins the race and then. Yes. Very cool. So this is also where Mars is in exaltation. And Capricorn, I think it can kind of soften Mars's edges and it takes all of that go get energy and the real fiery motivation of Mars and kind of just helps to better focus it. So just sort of streamline that energy, slow it down and make all of our projects, plans and ambitions a little bit more sustainable for the long term. So, okay, so the Capricorns I know are very like slow. They like to think things true. They don't, they don't necessarily like a lot of movement and action stuff. So do, I almost want, I almost feel like the Capricorn energy would be in such resistance to the Mars. Like the Mars would almost be frustrated with that Capricorn energy. How do they inter, like, how does that work? How does it interact? I don't know that I can say more than how I just kind of explained it, yeah. but I, I do know what you mean. Like there is a lot of like impulsive, fiery, brash energy that comes along with Mars. But that's what happens. So when a sign goes, or sorry, excuse me, when a planet goes into a particular sign, it does tend to change the expression of that planet. So um, the moon, like in Capricorn, the moon doesn't have as easy of a time being uh, generative and nourishing. Not that it can't be that way. It just has a more difficult time doing that. Okay. Whereas Mars, there's, you know, for whatever reason, the mixture of all of these sort of essential natures of Capricorn and of Mars, that combination just helps Mars to kind of slow down a little bit and focus that energy. So it's not being as impulsive or brash as it might usually be just because it's within that domain. Okay. The way you just explained that, like basically what comes to mind is like with it, when a Cap- Capricorn can take a lot, but when they hit that limit, get out of the way, go get. Sure. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. It's the way you just explained that just light bulb. It can be helpful to think about it like Okay, so Mars in exaltation. Exaltation is like when we go to a place where we are revered, honored, uh, Mm -hmm. doted upon. Things that we do become easier and more sought after in a way. Like it's almost like we're royalty in a sense, right? Uh, Or like, you know, Saturn in Capricorn is in its house. So it's just like you and I being in our own homes. We know where everything is. We have the best flow, 
when we're in the exact opposite of our home, like let's say we have traveled all the way overseas and we're staying in a hotel. It's the first time we're there. We don't really know what's going on. It's not that we can't do anything, but obviously we don't have all of our creature comforts. Yeah. We're not, we're just not in our specific element that we're used to. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, I'm glad you asked it. (laughs) Good question. So then finally, we have Jupiter. Jupiter and Capricorn is where it finds its fall or depression, again, just depending on what languaging you like. And, you know, the expansive nature of Jupiter is really constricted and limited in this Saturn-ruled sign. So Jupiter's sort of inherent quality to affirm and say yes is really at odds with Saturn's inherent quality of negating or denying. And As we see actually in the corresponding card, the two of pentacles, which is Jupiter and Capricorn, I think it can be a helpful combination when we need to remember to focus on the things that are in our immediate reality that need growth. So when we kind of need to bring our focus back down to what's right in front of us and, you know, go big or go home is great and taking on a lot is great and wanting to do so many things is great, but sometimes we need to do those one or two things really, really Good. And to do that, we need to shift focus. All right. So some keywords and themes for Capricorn. It's mantra is I utilize. It's the practical utilization of resources. It is often symbolized by the sea goat, which is actually usually reduced to just a goat. But I think it's really important to remember the more magical or mythical side to the Capricorn uh, symbology. Because Capricorns, they dream, they have a vision, and they can see into their future, but then they also know how to take the practical, grounded, and real-world steps to achieve those dreams and visions. So you got to have the sea, you got to have the goat, you got to have the sea, goat, got to have both. (laughs) (laughs) There's a need for structure, organization, order, and discipline. Boundaries are important. important or more emphasized with Capricorns. And of course, this definitely comes from the Saturn rulership. Saturn is the furthest planet that we can see with the naked eye. So it kind of gets associated with things like limits and boundaries. Okay. Capricorns might be real sticklers for the rules and doing the right thing, which can be kind of a buzzkill, but also just like too critical and rigid Um, I mean, obviously, it's also a good thing to follow the rules for the most part, but sometimes it can just be like, you know, let loose a little (laughs) bit, but it might not be the easiest thing in their nature. But also Capricorns might be the ones that are making the rules themselves. There's this idea of accomplishment versus opportunism within the Capricorn sort of energy, uh, like because there's the true hustle versus the one that cuts corners or sort of takes advantage. And I've definitely seen both sides of that spectrum play out with Capricorns. So uh, there's Capricorn energy is very discerning, can easily say no. Again, that definitely leads back to the Saturn rulership. They can be very pragmatic. There is a sense of overachieving. Um, Not everything has to be the greatest achievement, my dear Capricorns, but there is a tendency for Cap energy to kind of want anything they do, anything and everything they do to be a masterpiece. And this kind of makes them hard on themselves for literally no reason, except for they just want to be hard on themselves because they want it to be perfect. And it also might lead to this, tendency to kind of see others who are achieving as a bit of a threat 
even if they themselves are not in a season of achieving. So what I mean is like we all need periods of rest and where we're not productive because we're not meant to be productive all the time. But I think Capricorn energy really wants us to be productive all the time and always (laughs) achieving and always producing and give yourselves a break. You're amazing so much of the time. You don't have to do it all the time. (laughs) It's exhausting to be amazing. Right? Take some beauty rest. (laughs) Uh, Capricorn energy is very hardworking and strategic with a grounded approach and a great follow through. And I think more so than other cardinal signs, they have that great follow through because of the Saturn rulership, which is just in it for the long haul. Capricorn energy is very self-sufficient, independent, and prefers to sort of make its own way. They can often value uh, and have faith in tangible things. So the bank balance, the home to live in, the garden to feed you. It's a very dependable energy, responds very quickly in a crisis. It's a careful energy. It wants to understand potential vulnerabilities or pitfalls of a given situation, which can also kind of come with a bit of fear and pessimism. So like all of the reasons that they just shouldn't bother with something, like that's that vision I was talking about. They can kind of see like, oh, well, this is going to go wrong and this is going to go wrong and this is going to go wrong. And it's like, it's great that you want to know everything that you're going to come up against, but sometimes you just got to throw that caution to the wind and go for it, you know? Yeah. I wonder if they can like use that though and be like, okay, yeah, I can see that this bad thing and this bad thing could happen, but then they can have a plan or a Absolutely. way to avoid it. Yeah. And I think that like, what, I don't want to say like low vibe and high vibe Capricorn energy, <laughs> but I mean, there is like a, the more productive way of using Capricorn energy and the less efficient use of Capricorn energy, I guess. Like sometimes gotcha. I am talking about those different ends of the spectrum when we go through the keywords and themes. So Totally right. That ability to see the vulnerabilities in a plan and then be able to come up with a second plan is definitely that more productive use of a Capricorn energy. But then, you know, if you're, I mean, if you're just burnt out because you've been building so many fucking like boss businesses and empires, (laughs) like, then you might be like, well, fuck this project because everything is going to go wrong. And, you know, then you just let fear and pessimism creep in. uh, Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess in other times, it's like, yeah, my energy just can't go there right now. So they're like, fuck it. Very true. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. There's so many sides to that. Definitely. As with all signs, right? It's it's true. Um, Capricorn energy, there there could be a love for or interest in traditions and things that are time honored. Again, that goes back to Saturn for sure. And I think the more sentimental or nostalgic side of traditions and things that are time-honored definitely goes to the cancer energy. Whereas with Capricorn, I think it's a more logical thing where it's like, well, this has always worked and has proven itself to be enduring. So why not put my value and my faith into these kinds of things? Okay. And Capricorn energy definitely takes pride in mastering skills, especially when they have a practical application. Tarot associations, we've got the devil, which is connected with Capricorn, the world, which is connected with Saturn. Although I will say that in the outsider tarot, everybody drink, (laughs) Bobby says that Saturn is more associated with judgment, which I believe in his deck is called assessment. But I do really like that switch. Um, I think both apply. So you could work with both cards, I think. 
Yeah, I agree. And then, as I mentioned already, the Two of Pentacles is Jupiter and Capricorn. The Three of Pentacles is Mars and Capricorn. And the Four of Pentacles is the Sun in Capricorn. Okay, and finally, let's talk about how to use Capricorn energy during this season. So as always, you're going to look to the house that Capricorn rules in your chart because the sun is bringing its radiance and warmth to those topics during Capricorn season. And of course, you want to look to where your Saturn is because its placement can really help to kind of further define your Capricorn house purpose, direction, or quality. Okay, so we when we enter Capricorn season, we're moving from a fire season, which was Sagittarius, into the earth season, Capricorn. So we might be feeling more grounded. We're kind of taking the visions and inspiration that we downloaded during Sag season and figuring out the actual steps that we need to take in order to make them a reality. And we're also moving from mutable to cardinal in terms of modality. So during Sag season, we may have been a little unsure of the exact direction we wanted to take. It might just be that we were feeling kind of fine to just explore all of the options. But during Cap season, the path might become that much more clear. Of course, we want to celebrate Yule and ringing in the new year or the new year allegedly according to calendars. Okay, like yes. what is time? Um, but yeah, I mean, check out, we already mentioned it, but check out our Yule bonus episode for some ideas on how you can celebrate. You can definitely set your resolutions and your intentions and all of those new year activities. I think that might be actually rooted in Capricorn's love for starting new goals and going after new ideas. So even though resolutions can feel kind of cliche, maybe just reframe it as like your Capricorn You're setting your intentions under the Capricorn energy. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace the cliche. Yeah, sure. Why not? Just kind of fun to know that there's like another underlying reason than just a calendar telling us it's a new year, you know? It's true. It's true. You could create new structures or routines. Um, Taking more responsibility and not necessarily taking on more responsibility, but kind of owning up to things, being better about your time management, seeing where you have the ability to pick up some slack, that kind of thing. Maybe get out in nature, but with a purpose. Uh, You know, Capricorn is still an earth sign, but I think Capricorn would be less happy to just sort of wander the forest, but they might be into going for a hike that gets them to a destination for a reason, but you're still getting out in nature. Um, Getting into conservation or learning more about it, that kind of thing. Again, it's an earth sign plus that Saturn rulership. We want to look for ways to reduce our carbon footprint, but also, you know, make the earth more long lasting, basically. (laughs) You could schedule a dental's appointment. Dental's appointment? (laughs) Well, you could schedule dental appointments, do some spine stretches or alignments and exercises to strengthen your bones. I know I said that the bones would be kind of like an archetype for Capricorn, but in the more medical astrology, it does actually rule over the bones and teeth. Interesting. And maybe it's a good time to get into crystals, which are like tangible elements of magical things, kind of like- And very earth energy. Yeah. Yeah. The more earth energy of magic, but it, I don't know, crystals came to me when I was thinking about the mixing of well, not even the mixing, but just the um, symbology of the sea goat and that combination ah. between the more magical, mythical, and but actually practical and something that exists. So yeah. and crystals feel magical, but you can actually hold them in your hand. So yeah. 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 And that's Capricorn. Oh. 
I love Cap. My my baby brother's a Capricorn. I yes. love Capricorn. Yes. Okay. I knew that you had a Capricorn somewhere close in your life. Yes. I love him. And he's my favorite Capricorn in the world. Even though I know some pretty great Capricorns, I'm not going to lie. I'm biased. Yep. One of my besties is a Cap. And I was kind of talking to her in some of those <laughs> points. Because <laughs> <laughs> as I was writing, I was like, yeah, stop being so hard on yourself. And you don't need to do this because you can love yourself. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have I was coming off a little time. like mom energy, it's because <laughs> it was like directed at somebody I love. But yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I love Capricorns. Well, and I guess, I mean, I'm sure she's shared these details before, but our very own Elena is a Capricorn rising. So that's right. Happy rising season, Elena. Happy rising. I mean, that's just another reason I must love her. It's not like she's an amazing person or anything. No. It's just Just that Capricorn (laughs) rising. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm super excited to get into Birch. Me too. And I'm going to ask you so many questions. Yay. Well, you know, not so many. I'm not going to bombard you, but it's going to be good. Bring it on. Okay. So the birch tree in the Ogham alphabet, it is Beth. Like it's pronounced, or sorry, it's written Beth, but it's Ooh. pronounced Bay or Bay or B, depending on who you're talking or who's saying it. So do use that information however you will. The approximate dates are December 24th to January 20th. And it is the first month of the Celtic tree calendar. Oh, okay. So, so we're at the beginning. We're at the beginning. Cool. So from the Handbook of Celtic Astrology by Helena Patterson, it is two degrees, zero minutes to 29 degrees, 59 minutes Capricorn. So I think this is the only tree month that stays within one astrological zodiac sign, which is the first thing that I was like, I can't wait for Jasmine to tell me whatever. She has to tell me about that. I mean, I think you're Isn't that cool. I think you're right. I think we had one sign that I think actually, it was cool. actually went three. Yep. But yeah, it most like, signs are double dipping at least. Yeah. So this one is like That's straight cool. hardcore yeah. in the middle of it, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, for sure. To add to that, um, because I think that what this does is it really showcases like the ebb and flow of nature of the Celtic tree calendar and the wheel of the year. So birch is really symbolic of both Yule and Imbolc. It's sacred to both of those those um, sacred days, but neither one of those sacred days are actually within birch month. I was just going to say, and I actually didn't even realize that Yule wasn't in there, but of course, if it starts on the 24th, but I was like, okay, so how can it be so integral if we're not spanning to February 1st? But Right? hmm. So that's, and so I I think what I find really interesting is because there's like that overlap of the season. So it's more of a gentle easing into and out of the seasons rather than a hard and fast Oh, it's this time on this day is when this season begins. Right. So it's, it's really fluid. So one of my questions for you was, is that something you also notice in the Zodiac seasons? Like do the energies kind of ebb and flow into each other? Or is there like that point where it's like somebody flips a switch and it's different? Okay. So I think that when we're looking at everything to do with a particular day in the life and where all of the planets are, I would have to say that it's totally fluid because, you know, even though let's say during Capricorn season, the sun might be in Capricorn, but that doesn't mean that Mercury is in Capricorn. It doesn't mean that Mars is in Capricorn. Like there are 
the plenty of other planets really exactly okay. so there are plenty of other planets in other signs creating other signatures and other energies where you know capricorn where the sun goes is very important in astrology at least in the astrology that i practice because it's sort of a centralizing force in yeah. any chart right so that is where a big emphasis is placed but it's not the only thing happening so for sure there's yeah. definitely a fluidity but I think when we're talking about your birth chart and your sun sign, I don't I don't want to say believe, like that's not the right word, but I don't use cusps. So like if you're born on a day where the sun was changing signs, you are just one sign yeah. or the other. I forgot about cusps. Okay. And like people use cusps and that's totally fine. Like that's yeah. that's your jam great, but it's just not something that I really subscribe to, I guess you could say. But yeah. so in terms of that kind of thing, no, I don't really see much flow between the two things. But as I said, the bigger picture, yeah, there's totally overlap. There's okay. totally flow. Even when planets are making aspects to one another, like the energy kind of, you know, it there's a lead up to that specific aspect. And then there's the come down from that specific aspect. So yeah. like, Nothing's happening in isolation and it's all flowing and vibing together. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I hope I hope now that the, answered the question. It totally it was a bit did. But. And no, it totally did. And it kind of it's kind of what I thought was going to be your answer, but I really wanted to hear kind of your thoughts on it. Okay, cool. Because the difference I see between the two is like, okay, so we've got the Celtic tree months, which to me is it's it's still science because it's nature and stuff. And then sure. we have astrology which is a different kind of science. So I see like the Celtic tree months as biology and astrology kind of as math. So it's, it's more strict and more rigid and more like very precise. Meanwhile, the earthy kind of things is just going with the flow kind of seasons. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to kind of see where your thoughts were on that because it's just really interesting. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like, I mean, I think there is a flow to astrology, but there's so many specifics that, yeah, yeah. I think, I see what I think you mean. the flow is within the precision. Like that's the thing. All these precise details kind of come together yeah, and make all these different, it's like chemical yes. compounds. Like you can have yeah. all these precise things and they all blend together to make different things. For sure. See why I was so excited to get your opinion? Yeah. My brain just ate it up. <laughs> it was a fun question. <laughs> All right. So the polarity is steadfast feminine. And just to note, this is my understanding of it. This isn't something I've read, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later because I kind of have more to share about that. So we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, the element is water and air. Think like falling snow. Ooh, yeah. So it's like gentle movement. It's not like, well, we live in Canada. <laughs> Usually there's, there's not a whole lot gentle about the snow, but I'm thinking more along the lines like this beautiful December morning where it's just this gentle falling snow and this, you mm -hmm. know, everything's calm. That's the kind of energy about, that's around Birch. Gotcha. Um, ruling planets are Venus, the moon, and the sun, which I thought was super interesting. Uh, the deities associated is Freya, Lu, Hugh, uh, I think it's Belly. Taliesin, Apollo, Helios, Soul, and then the earthly embodiment of the traditional divine feminine. I say that in quotations. Um, this has nothing to do with gender. It's just that that feminine energy, which again we're right. going to kind of talk about later on, um, and it can be used to represent any of the goddesses in any, you know, whatever 
system you, you're working with. Wow. It's really versatile. Inclusive, but also that feels very powerful. Oh, yeah. I love Birch. Okay, let's go into the mythology and symbols and things. Okay, so one of the main symbols is the white stag, which is everybody searches for it. It's very rare when you find it. It's a magical experience that commands your respect and, and reverence. Um, the birch is known as the white lady of the wood or the white lady of the forest. There are so many white lady mm-hmm. kind of stories and stuff around the birch, which I thought was really interesting. White lady has come up before, right? Yes, um, that was, it did come up before and I can't remember Last where. episode or one before, I think. It's not too long yes. ago, but I think we remarked the same thing where it's like, oh yeah, there's so many different Everybody, stories about exactly. the white lady. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting to come up again. Uh, birch is used magically for like fertility and purification, inspiration, but inspiration isn't sparking new ideas, not trying to like regenerate other ideas and things. So very Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're planning a new beginning or experience, experiencing one, kind of lean into the birch energy and it'll help you kind of feel grounded and stable while you're going through it. Uh, you can use it for courage and kind of inner strength. It's a very independent energy and it will at any chance, like if you're working with birch, it is going to call out any codependent behaviors and patterns, whether it's within you or someone else in your relationships, it's going to call your ass out. <laughs> so that also take feels very Capricorn. Yeah. So, but it's, it's almost like the energy does it for your own good. It's not because right. it's just being vindictive or an asshole. It's just yeah. really wants you to do better. So that was pretty neat. So resilience through challenges, uh, love and beauty spells. So not, this is not about, you know, vanity and things. It's about graceful aging. So embracing the aging mm. process rather than, you know, the, the fountain of youth kind of crap that you, you see everywhere. The birch energy is all about you are going to age and you're going to do it beautifully. So just, you know, don't fight it. That also um, feels very Saturnian because I think like wherever Saturn is in your chart and whatever house is it's ruling, it's yeah. like fine wine. It gets better with age for <gasps> sure. Ooh. Yeah. The fine wine. That just gave me goosebumps. I like that analogy. <laughs> Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So take the bark from the ground around a birch tree. Don't peel a birch tree. Most people don't know how to do it without damaging the tree. So just don't, mm. don't peel the birch tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take it from the ground. It will, it, they drop it all the time. Um, use it for spell work. So you can actually write on it as paper. You can, you know, burn that little slip or you can roll it up and tie it into like a little scroll with a ribbon, whatever you want to do. It's biodegradable, obviously. Just bury it if you want to. Um, oh. And something else you can do is if you can collect larger pieces, you can bind them into a book and make a spell book with them, <gasps> which is super who wouldn't want to do that that sounds like a fun craft yeah and it would even be cool if you can find like a bunch of just smaller pieces and make a mini spell book just have like one word on each page or something yeah I don't know. all kinds of fun diys yeah uh okay what's next so keep a birch twig over your door and that'll repel evil spirits and harmful intentions from others the scottish tradition of, or not tradition but uh, like ill wishes you could use that to ward off ill wishes from other people uh, stirring your wash water, like in a bucket of water, whether it's in a sink or, you know, you're, you're washing your floor or your windows, whatever. If you stir your wash water with a birch stick, uh, it'll help to put that protective energy all over your home. It's like putting a blanket of it and it'll also purify, obviously. So it's going to help with the cleansing, which is interesting and fun to do. Uh, cradles made from birch are thought to protect babies. Ooh. Yeah. And even today, a lot of furniture and 
I think a lot of traditionally, like if you get like an old, uh, an old school woodcrafter who to build you a cradle, a lot of them will still make them out of birch. I don't know if they do it because of that or if it's just because it's tradition, but that's why it's tradition. I, so I used to work at a baby store and we did, we didn't sell babies, but we sold products for babies. <laughs> I should just clarify. Um, but I am sure that one of the bassinet holders that we carried was I like, I feel like we had a mahogany version and a birch version. Maybe it was yeah. synthetic birch, like just to like look like that coloring, yeah. but. But the thought was there. Yeah. That's super cool. I didn't, I didn't know you worked at a baby store that yeah. sold baby products and not babies. Yeah. First of its kind, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So birch is thought to protect from fairy mischief and trickster elemental spirits. Any kind of protection, especially on the mental and, and spiritual sense. Now, I noted a lot of different mentions that the fly agaric mushrooms, like the psychedelic mushrooms, mm-hmm. they tend to grow close to birch trees. So it makes a lot of sense that birch would offer psychic protection for anybody who decided to partake. So... I didn't know you that know, that was the name of them. I, I I knew it, but not for long. I've only known that for a little while. Hmm. I mean, I've only ever heard them as just like magic mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And you know what? It might even be a completely different from the magic mushroom. I don't know. Oh, I just know okay, that that yeah. one is a psychedelic. Right. Hmm. I avoid mushrooms because they make me nervous. I don't like any kind of mushrooms. So. I like the, the, the button mushrooms for food. Those are the ones I, I, I partake in. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> the only mushrooms Chekhanovia partakes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the representative, okay, let's back up for a second. This is where we're going to get into kind of the feminist, fem, feminist, well, whatever, feminism, fem, divine feminine energy is what I was trying to say. This is where we're going to get into the divine feminine energy. Okay. So the birch is representative of all the stages of traditional, quote unquote, womanhood. So that's your maiden, your mother, and your madge, or your crone, depending mm-hmm. on your language. The mother does not solely mean that you've given birth. It can be a mother to animals, to friends, to projects, to social justice causes. The term mother is not reserved only for people with a womb who choose to procreate. So here, don't here. feel like you can't embody that energy just because you haven't carried a child. Because that, I mean, of course, that makes you a mother as well, in addition mm-hmm. to these other things. For right? sure. So Birch has the innocence and the wonder of the child, the nurturing compassion of the mother, and the wisdom and the quiet strength of the crone all rolled up into this one little gift package. Damn. So, yeah. And I suggest anybody of any gender, any however you identify, work with that Birch energy because it's, it's just so powerful, but still and not like, it doesn't feel like you're wielding a lot of power but it makes you feel powerful at the same time. That's, I love birch energy. Wow. I work with it all the time. So the birch is a champion at making do in any situation. Versatility is key and birch energy does not run away from a challenge. Um, They just, you know, put their head down, figure it out, make the best of any situation. The branches and twigs are really popular for making broomsticks and besoms in a lot of people's practices. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Um, and I also find it really interesting how so many different cultures have so much mythology that surrounds birch. I know we kind of touched on this before. Um, like rationally, I kind of know that that's because birch is just everywhere and it, it'll grow pretty much in any conditions. Mm, okay. But I also like to see it kind of as a common thread that connects everyone together. Like it's, 
it's just like a theme that I think we all kind of share in our different ways. Yeah. I mean, even if it is because the tree can grow in so many places, like that is still a thing that yeah. would connect us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just, I, I just love it. So many, or I mean, maybe all indigenous communities in the part of the world that I live in, they have these like really beautiful traditions and stories and, and history that involves birch. And obviously these are not my stories to tell. So I'm going to include a couple of links in the show notes so Perfect. you can go and hear them directly from indigenous people and then, you know, take it from there, the research. And, and so much the use, like, you know, the, the canoes and collecting the syrup and the medicines and, and all these things from birch. It's just, I don't know. It's just really interesting and very hands-on and earthy. And I just love the connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so working with birch after trauma can be really helpful with emotional and mental, quote unquote, regrowth. So it helps you to be really still when you need to, but it also, it, it kind of holds you while you need to release as well at the same time. So obviously if, if you've been through trauma, you're going to want to be getting counseling. You're going to want to be getting that support, but using Birch to help you through that process is really super helpful. And I highly recommend it. And then going back to the steadfast um, feminine polarity. So this is like long-term dig your heels in and set down roots type of energy. Uh, stand your ground on all matters. Avoid any temptation to bend to suit other people or make them more comfortable. Um, and I mean, of course, be ready to offer others the same opportunity to do this because they are just as entitled to stand their ground as well. So there has to be give and take in that respect. But sometimes it's important to just understand you're not going to see eye to eye, whether it's an agreement or a relationship. And sometimes the best road is to agree to disagree and even part ways. Mm. And that's where the birch is going to call you out. If you're being codependent, why are you hanging on to this? Like, what are you getting from this? <laughs> you know, why do you feel that, you know, on one hand, why do you feel you need to, quote unquote, cave to someone else? Or on the other hand, why do you feel that they should have to agree with you in order for you to move forward? So there's the two different sides of the coin. The next step that I found really interesting here comes your next question too. Ooh. Now that we've contemplated the mysteries of death through the last two seasons, uh, we're turning our attention more into the illumination of rebirth and life. So does that kind of follow the same pattern as Capricorn, or sorry, follow the same pattern after Scorpio and then Sagittarius and then into the Capricorn? Because to me, it seems that that follows the same kind of protocol, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a connection there. I I do remember that when we were doing the Sagittarius and Elder episode, there was definitely still more of that association with themes of death and, and that kind of thing with Elder than there will be with Sagittarius, like Sagittarius being that fire sign and like so expansive. I mean, I kind yeah. of see... One of the actual tarot associations that I really like in terms of uh, zodiac signs and the major arcana is the death card with Scorpio and then temperance with Sagittarius because it it just kind of does show like that rebirth right there. Okay, yeah. And then the whole analogy falls apart when we get to the devil with Capricorn. But where I will say that we're still on the trajectory of rebirth and restarting is that Capricorn is that cardinal sign. And so it is that idea of starting new things. And it does take us through the alleged new year, right? But Yule also is the, it's the winter solstice. It's the time when 
we're actually moving into the brighter part of the year. Like from here on out, the sun is growing in its strength. So, I mean, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, right? So in terms of that perspective, yeah, for sure, we're moving towards rebirth and and yeah. the the regrowth of light for sure. Yeah, because when the reason I'm asking that is because when I was doing the research, I could think, because I know Scorpio is like, you know, the death and the mystery of death and all these things. And then Sagittarius, it kind of occurred to me, it's almost like Sagittarius is the cremation after death. Mm -hmm. And then Capricorn is like, you know, rising from the ashes and kind of, that's how I was seeing it in my mind. And I was just curious from the, you know, the actual astrology perspective, not my looking into the outside. I was wondering if that fit. I think in some senses it does, even if the like what immediately came to mind was you said cremation of death and Sagittarius is a fire sign. So just even in oh, yeah. those terms right there, that's kind of working for me. I I want to sit with that a bit. I think that's super interesting because, well, just because it is. Yeah, that's a great that's a great new insight. I'll have to sit with yeah. that. Because and then just now when you mentioned the Capricorn energy with the death card, I was like, well, maybe the death card is just accepting that death. It's not so much the with act the of devil death. or or the devil. Yeah, yeah. sorry, it's accepting because it's uncomfortable. I didn't mean to say death. Sorry, mm. <laughs> um, accepting the death. But yeah, you can report back to what you think. I think so. I just, yeah, I think when we get to the next bonus episode, I'll I'm gonna make a note. Yeah, weigh in. So. Going back to kind of the whole, like, you know, we've contemplated the mysteries of death um, and bringing our attention to illumination and rebirth. This does not mean that we have to have it figured out. Um, We do not expect an infant to come into the world knowing everything there is to know about life. So why would you expect that of yourself? Because, you know, you're going through a rebirth. You don't have to have all the answers or know what's going on. Mm, Um, Just be aware of possibility and the inevitability of change and transformation and the necessity of progress as well. Like, but don't feel like you have to make sudden movements because it's not really, according to Birch, it's not really the right time to just jump in and make a change. This is pause, think about it, think it through, which just fit with what you were saying about Capricorn earlier. It's like, you know, you want to think about every outcome, every possible outcome and prepare. For sure. Birch asks us to, instead of interacting with every situation that crosses our path, consider freezing and just observing from the outside don't attach yourself. Don't add your energy. Um, and the thing that came to mind for me was sometimes it's better to keep your two cents in your own pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, save it for later. In the Northern Hemisphere, we're heading into the very deep of winter. So, which sounds stupid because I know we always say like the solstice means the days are getting longer. But when I know you live this far north, <laughs> so it's actually funny. technically the beginning of our winter. We're like, we're, we haven't even hit it yet. So, we're heading into that deep of winter. So we only have so much energy to kind of last us until the, the springtime right. when the sun starts, starts, starts shining again. Mm-hmm. Um, so spend that energy wisely. Conserve, reserve, and ration what you're willing to give out. I do love the optimism of the Wheel of the Year for the Northern Hemisphere, though, because like at Yule, we're like, all right, it's the lighter part of the year. Like technically, that's what we're heading <laughs> yeah. into. And then we hit in bulk and we're like, first spark, it's coming. Like light yeah. is coming. And then we hit spring, Ostara, and we're like, it's it's the light. It's, it's the spring here. equinox. And then it's There's not until like fucking July when we're like, yeah. it's here. <laughs> oh, we can wear our flip-flops. Yes, it's like a <laughs> six-month process. But we're just in it from Yule. Like, yes, it's coming. The you light know, is coming. <laughs> I, I think I think we kind of we need the perpetual hope. I agree. <laughs> we need it to survive. Yes. It's a survival tactic. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but um, anyway, so one of my questions for you was, because this, the energy of like observing, not necessarily partaking in, in whatever's going on around you, conserving your energy, that felt really Capricorn to me. Mm-hmm. So is that the same vibe or is it like a different kind of vibe from what Capricorn does? The reason I'm asking is because Capricorn always gets this harsh reputation of being like a cheapskate. So I wanted to give Capricorn some kind of redemption here. And maybe it's not that they're a cheapskate, but they're, you know, their time, their money, their energy. Maybe they're just trying to be aware of what they have to give. And if they don't have, because like you said, they can say no. They don't have to feel bad about saying no. So maybe that's why they got the reputation, which isn't fair. Yeah, I, (laughs) huh. I don't know that I've heard that before, but like, I'm not, I'm not too shocked. But I guess most of the Capricorns or people with large Capricorn energy, like I always see them as being so generous. So I guess firsthand, I don't have that. Yeah. And I think it's because they, I mean, maybe I've just met the nicer Capricorns. I don't know. but (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. Every Capricorn I know is totally generous when they want to be. That's the thing. Like, sure. They don't just really... You know, they yeah. don't just walk around handing out their love to everybody. It I think there earned, will but. be like a discretion. I mean, as as I said in, in the Capricorn part, like it's a very discerning energy. So there is yeah. an ability to say like, that's worth it. That's worth it. That is not worth it. So maybe the stereotype comes from all of the people that were just not worth it for the Capricorn or something. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair oh, enough. There was something that you said just before this, though, oh, conserve, reserve, and ration. Yes, totally Capricorn. Because, again, Saturn being so long-term focused, yes, Capricorn is a cardinal energy, so it does want to initiate new things. But I think, if anything, it is initiating a 10-year plan. It's not Aries with that quick cardinal burst of energy, speed, let's go, let's go. It's like, okay, this is what we're going to do that's going to last us. Maybe it's the planning. I mean, even though you would have done technically your planning of stores for winter way before that, but, uh, you know, Capricorn energy would be the thing that tells you like, all right, this is what's going to help us last through all of these darker and uh, colder and quieter months. That makes sense. Yeah. If you didn't notice, I like Capricorns a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in this energy, in birch energy, don't be afraid to stand out. Just exist in your own authenticity, however that may look. Like you're, what, if, if you're here for the flashy outfits and the IG worthy lifestyle shots, go for it. Share away if that's how you like to stand out. But you have just as much right to shine quietly in your own secret space because the world doesn't need to see you in order to make you worthy or interesting or beautiful. And I am talking to all of you introverted hermits listening to this right now. I see you. (laughs) And I think sometimes a a person's ability to not be in in the spotlight, I think that makes them stand out, especially in this day and age where everybody's fighting to be seen. So I think that in itself can be what makes you different. But I mean, because people like that aren't really looking for the attention anyway. So I don't know. It was something I like to think about. Yeah. It's a very stationary energy. So instead of looking into like relocation or going new places or finding a new job or returning to places or jobs where you know you were better off leaving it behind, stand still and grow into your surroundings rather than making decisions about 
you know, growing out of them. Uh, this, there's going to be lots of time for swift movements later on if necessary. But for right now, you may figure out if you just give wherever you are a chance, you may figure out that that actually is where your happily ever after is. And it's just that you haven't put the energy into it to make it that, to create that, that feeling for yourself. All right, moving on to like medicinal stuff. So birch has been used medicinally throughout history to fight fevers and pain. Um, It's been used to purify the body as like a laxative and um, it's diuretic, right? Diuretic? That's one that cleans it. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, making sure I was using the right word. Um, But yeah, like using it in teas and stuff, it's really good for helping purge your body. I mean, Hmm. obviously be close to a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but uh and, and don't overdo it but it's it's good for you and birch sap is really super healthy um it acts as a regenerative for your body particularly when you t- when you're taking it in the spring after a really long winter you can make birch syrup it takes a lot more sap to make birch syrup than it does to make say maple syrup i was gonna ask so, that question but yeah it takes about three times the amount wow to make birch sap so gotcha yeah but just drinking, or sorry, to make birch syrup, birch sap, you can just drink from the tree. But wow. yeah, highly recommend just even just taking a, a couple swigs. You can almost, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like when you take a, like a shot glass full of it even, you can almost feel it going into your stomach and just like tingling, like not tingling, but like energizing your body, like yeah. especially in the springtime. So highly recommend birch sap. And there's a lot of other healing uses too. And it was another link that I've, I've watched this a few times and I, I've, I've seen it several times in all my different research. Um, but it's a woman named Bertha Skye. She's an elder with the Aboriginal Health and Sciences. She shares information about traditional uses of birch, um, like with medicine. Uh, not my place to share because it is Indigenous wisdom. So I'm going to, I've got the link here that I'll, I'll share, but it's a really interesting Sweet. video. Highly recommend. Please do check it out because she's super smart. Awesome. So many good links this time around. I know. I went crazy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so the Divination Association. So the rune is Burkano, which is just birch. It, I didn't even have to get creative with this one. There just oh, is a birch rune. Cool. Um, it's all about awakening, new beginnings, renewed life. And for the tarot, it's like the fool becoming the hermit. So that's learning through experience, earning wisdom, and now pausing to reflect and contemplate and hmm. not acting. Super cool. So, Yeah. Eight of Swords, but standing still and kind of forcing yourself to pause and plan. The Star for purification and quietness. That one was pretty self-explanatory. The Tower. So that's like the energy of letting things be what they are, um, mm-hmm. relying on your own foundations through challenges, just letting things fall. Let, you know, let the chips lie. Right. Uh, Eight of Cups heads into the Six of Swords. So not being obligated to stick around for people that you just can't see eye to eye with and don't turn back. Just, just go. Time to move Oof, forward. Kind of love these combinations. I, I couldn't. Fun. I was trying to think of just single cards. And I was like, it just feels like a blending one. Yeah. And then the final one I have is a Ten of Swords. So it's like that pause after the hardest part's over um, when you're kind of just watching the dawn of a new day and now you get to rebuild. So it's like that, that spark of hope after you've just come through the shitstorm. Love that view on the Ten of Swords as well. I mean, I'm sure longtime listeners will know that I love that card, but... Yes, I still think it's hard to come across depictions of it that allow it to be something not totally doom and gloom. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Which there's room for that in the tarot, but oh yeah, yeah, absolutely there is. 
Amazing. Well, that was really fun. I really enjoyed all of your questions and just trying to weave these signs together even more than usual. Yeah, so that's going to do it for this month's bonus episode. And I sort of can't believe it, but we only have two more. But that's no, like, that's really? two months of content. Yeah, I mean, and you know, there's still this one because we only have Aquarius and How Ash did we do them all? Rowan. That's 12. Yeah, and then Pisces and Ash or Rowan. I know that those are the two trees that are left, but, but I mean, uh, that takes us into February anyway, so... But yeah, I mean, two more episodes, including this one. Happy, happy birth season to all of our Capricorns out there. Happy Celtic tree birth season to all of our birches yes. out there. Happy birthday, baby brother. I love you. Aww. Oh, and there's also um, a friend of the show and listener, Adam. Happy birthday. <gasps> happy birthday, Adam's Mr. Birthday Cat. is the exact yeah. same date as my baby brother, which is probably no why way. I love Adam so much. Yes, I know, right? See, this is what I'm saying to you. I love Capricorn <gasps> so much. Oh my so, God. Birthday, See, also another we Capricorn that I've only experienced as very generous. Yeah. Anyways. Don't be shit talking our Capricorns. Yeah. I mean, we will they come won't at care you. anyway. <laughs> They'll stomp <laughs> you <laughs> with their goat hooves. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and happy Capricorn season. And happy perch season. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Tarot Kevin cast. Stay tuned for our next bonus episode where we'll be exploring the signs Aquarius and Rowan. And until then, everyone, keep making magic.